Black Church Podcast. So glad to have you. Look, today is a special day. We're starting a new sermon series called Boot Camp. See, we're preparing to possess the promises that God has for us. So we want to engage that right now. Is there something we can do right now? Are there things we can do right now to prepare us for what's next? I believe there are. And we're going to start that today. It's going to be a series in the, in the book of Joshua. And the first thing I want you to do is I want you to prepare to possess the promises through the act of decluttering. We want to declutter our lives so that we can move forward freely into what God has for us. So here you go. This is going to be really helpful, beginning a new series called Boot Camp. So let's get ready to declutter. But I'm stepping into a, a series right now. It's called Boot Camp, and it's preparing to be- possess the promise. I sound like Bobby Sullivan, right? <laughs> preparing to possess the promise. And, uh, but we're going to do that because we are right now in a transition together. And, and maybe you're in a transition in your personal life. But I want this to be more than just something we're doing corporately that we're going to spend this time as a boot camp because we're going somewhere. And when we get there, we're expecting big things. We really are. We're expecting, we're doing this on purpose because we want to get a, a bigger uh, block. We, we, we want to set ourselves up for a, a, a massive, what do you call it, a... a Sorry, harvest, a breakthrough, uh, all of those things. And so we're doing this on purpose. We're doing this intentionally that we want to see uh, just so many more people come into the love and the goodness and the freedom of God. Market share, that was the word I was looking for. Thank you. We want a bigger market share. So we want to go more. You know, of the increase of his government and peace, there's no end. You know, and the Lord says, I want to bless you more and more, you and your children and your children's children. You know, and he wants every single person to come to the knowledge of saving grace. So we're going to expand our capacity to take in a bigger harvest. Can I get an amen? Speaking of harvest, uh, like next weekend, we got Will Graham in town. That's Billy Graham's grandson. And there's a meeting on Saturday and on Sunday in the uh, Budweiser Center. So if you want to go to that, take someone who doesn't know Jesus. Uh, there's an anointing on that ministry to get people saved. So, I mean, you should should, uh, you know, make, uh, you know, make a veil of that, that that's in town and, and just do that. I think you can go on the London Celebration, uh, just search London Celebration with uh, the Billy Graham ministry and you can reserve tickets and, and find three or four friends. There's going to be good music, good fun, and people will come to Jesus. So if you're looking for a vehicle to get a loved one saved, just tell them, come with me to the Budweiser Center for an amazing event. They won't know what hit them. And uh, just get her done, all right? So it's good. And also next Sunday, we're having our first service in OEN. When you take the letters OEN, if you scramble them, it actually means you can get one. I didn't know that. So we've called it Impact OEN. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. We call it Impact OEN because it's Oxford, Norfolk, and Elgin, right? EON. Sorry, see, Elgin... How many completely follow what I'm talking about? It's all good. Elgin, Oxford, Norfolk. It's, it's online. You can go to Impact EON. We also have a national website for the Impact Network. It's impactnetwork.ca. So you can go to impactnetwork.ca. You can see the churches we're doing, a website for the church plant down there. But I'm saying all this because next Sunday night we have our first service there in uh, the Evangelical Mennonite congregation there has offered us their, uh, their sanctuary, offered us the whole building, actually, and they're going to have sound people there. They're going to serve us. Isn't, what a beautiful church that they're going to serve 
serve us. They say, there's lots of room in this community for a life-giving church, and we're going to provide, we're going to pay a bit for it, but we're going to provide our whole facility for you guys to lift up Jesus. So next Sunday night, we're having our first service in the uh, EON. EON, EON. All right, thank you very much. Eon, okay, thank you. All right, back to boot camp. We're in a boot camp. We're going to do some. How many would love to, when you're transitioning, how, you know, we moved. We moved as a church. How many know we did that? True, look around. Praise Jesus. We moved. So when we started this whole idea of moving, we uh, got a whole bunch of dumpsters. And we threw a pile of stuff out. I mean, just in the last month, I think we had three 20-yard dumpsters. And beyond that, we had our, the truck that we have for outreach. It was back and forth to the dump. So we threw a lot of stuff out. Who knew Pastor Cheryl was such a hoarder? I mean, I mean who knew that? But, you know, we, we were able to just... And you know what? When you're moving on to another place, you know what's a really good idea? It's a really good idea to get rid of some stuff that you really don't need. And so we're going to do that. We're going to go into a boot camp where we're going to deal with some stuff. We're going to prepare ourselves for what's next. We're going to get ready. We're not just doing something. We're going to get ready to do something really, really well. Can I get an amen from the back row? All right, good, good. So the boot camp. So today we're going to deal with number one and number one because we need to fill a dumpster. And maybe you got a bunch of baggage in your life and we could back up a dumpster for you. Has anybody got a friend nearby that you could point to and say, yeah, yeah. No, apply the sermon to yourself. Don't apply it to your neighbor, okay? But, but you know, sometimes you need a, a personal dumpster just to get rid of the stuff. How many have collected things over the years in your inside, inside in your soul realm, in your psyche? You know, you've collected things that you know what, it's time to get rid of it. Anybody? How many keep short accounts with that and throw it out regularly? You really should. But, you know, we're going to make sure that we declutter. So today is all about declutter, and we're going to get rid of some stuff. So are there things that we can do now to prepare for what's next? Good answer. Are there things that we could do now to prepare for what's next? And I really want to prepare because we want to be a big word around here is intentional. Can you say intentional? That's a big, big deal. So there are. There's things we can do now. Two things to consider. Ready? Number one, no matter where you are, there you are. That's number one. Because there's new view does not mean new you. New do does not mean new you. Because you could change your location. You could go and, and a lot of people change locations. Think now, you know, now my world is going to change. You know, when I finally graduate from school and I, I go look for my new job, then I'll be a great and awesome person. Now you could go through all of those experiences and still be you. Because the one constant that is always taking place is no matter where you are, there you are. So you know what, just because we're going to change location doesn't mean it's a new you. So we don't only want to change location, but we want to work out some things in our hearts corporately, individually, and we want to declutter so that we get there, we're ready. I'm ready. You ready? So we want to do that. So new view doesn't mean new you. And next thing is knowing what's next doesn't mean you're ready. Knowing what's next doesn't mean you're ready. There's a lot of people who know what's next, but they don't prepare for what's next, and that's just wrong. You know, and because there is a next, you gotta, you gotta prepare for that. You see, I do is not the same as I can. Because how many know, many of us have said I do in certain situations. You might have been in a church like this at an altar, and you said I do to a question that uh, you forgot to answer 
but can I? I do is a whole lot different than I can. Got really quiet, didn't it? Really quiet. <laughs> that's true. I know that's true because, man, Cheryl and I, man, the first year, I have no idea. She was so hard to live with. Oh, God. You know? <laughs> I said I do, but I didn't know if I can. No, we had a lot of fun. And uh, how many years now, honey? Almost 38. Wow. Man. And there's about seven good ones. So, no, they were all good. They were all good. Listen, saying, when you know what's next, it doesn't mean you're ready. And I mean, I'm looking at drawings here. I'm looking at things here, right? And I'm saying, look at this. Look where we're going. We could set ourselves up and put up some bling, put up a massive sign. We're going to advertise. We're going to let people know that Impact Church is ready to do something great. We're going to tilt the world so if people fall down, they're going to roll to our door. We're going to do everything we can. But you know what? When they get there, are we ready? When they get there, they're going to find a people that are deeply baptized in the goodness of God and ready to serve the brokenness in their world. Amen. And we want to be that, so we want to declutter, right? So Joe Paterno, he's one of my favorite coaches. He's coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions. It says, uh, the will to win is important, but the will to prepare is vital. You might say, I want to win, I want to win, but if you don't prepare, Joe Frazier, he's a boxer, he said, I didn't win in the ring, I won at five in the morning on the road. Five in the morning, I woke up and I ran and I ran and I ran. You see, when you're in the battle, when the battle is on, winning or losing isn't determined by can you win the battle right there. Winning or losing is going to depend on your preparedness before it even showed up. Hello. There's a lot of people saying, well, I'll be ready for the next crisis. Well, will you? You know, because in this life, in the book of Job, it says, man is born for trouble, as sure as sparks fly upward. So, you know, we're going to go through stuff, but, you know, you can be ready for that. You can be equal to that. I'm ready for everything. I'm ready for whatever comes next. I'm ready. Bring it. So we want to be intentional. Benjamin Franklin said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And so we want to prepare corporately as a group, and I want you to prepare individually that there's a next for you, there's a next for us, but we want to be ready for what's next. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, I thought, I thought I saw some of the apostles up there tapping their toes in the stained glass. I don't know. I saw some things going on in worship. I don't, it could have been my eyes there. You know, I'm, I'm almost, I'll be 60 this year. Hard to tell because I'm looking so good. But uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Isn't that good? Do you know that God makes plans and God has plans for you? You're on his mind. He is mindful of you and all his thoughts for you are good. And they're to give you a hope and a future to prosper you and bless you. Man, you, you got to want to engage that. That's some good news, everybody. Boy, that's a great verse. A lot of people memorize that verse. You keep that before you, and you got to know God is for me. Now, here's another emotion. The number one emotion that people experience, thank God, is love. It really is love. And all, all the world needs is a bit of love. But, you know, the second most experienced or expressed emotion is regret. And regret is expressed by, I, I wish, or if only, and you feel like you had an opportunity somewhere in your life that it didn't go the way you wanted. You look back and you, you might regret this or regret that. Well, it's time to declutter our lives. It's time to unpack the regrets. It's time to put all that stuff aside because it says, behold, I make all things new. 
And God is doing a new thing. And you know, we're not going to drag with us into this next move. We're not going to drag all the nonsense anymore. We're not going to, well, you know, well, remember, I had an accident 10 years ago, Pastor, and because of that, oh, I just walk like this, you know. Let's, let's declutter. Let's, let's say that accident was an accident, but I remove its power to be a full-time event in my life. But the accident really happened, I know, and it wasn't God's will for you because his plan is for you to prosper you and that you be in health and you walk in peace. So I say that thing, I cancel it in Jesus' name. I declutter all of that. You got betrayal. You've got circumstance or situations or, or strong impacts by people who you trusted, you believed it, and you hoped for, and they really, really hurt you. I mean, all eyes closed, you know, heads bowed. Whoever felt betrayal, you felt hurt. Three people. The rest of you are awesome. Yeah. You know, there's times you're carrying around that pain. You're carrying it around. You, you know, you find out they've moved into my area of the city. Oh, my goodness. I hope I don't run into them at Metro. And we carry around unresolved stuff. We want to declutter our lives. We want to get rid of regret. We want to get rid of I wish and get rid of if only. So we're going to be doing this. We're going to walk through the book of Joshua. We're going to walk through the book of Joshua. And we're going to start today with just a couple of verses. But if you to run into Jesus when, you were, when he was alive over there back in the, the wonderful promised land there, if you were there walking around the streets of Jerusalem, you ran into Jesus, you wouldn't say, hey, Jesus. You would have said, hey, Yeshua. Hey, Joshua, that's what he was. And Joshua is a type of Christ. Joshua was a type of Christ because he brought us into the fulfillment of the promise. We crossed the Jordan and we stepped into the partnering in the miraculous realm with God. And we're stepping into something new, something wonderful. So we're going to look at some of the principles here in Joshua that can help us. Joshua led God's people to possess the promise and Jesus will lead us to possess the promise. It's a book of battle where we drive out the enemy. We're going to remove every foothold. We're going to just do a, a full cleanse. We're going to get just set, ready to do incredible things for God. And it's a book of faith because it's a place where you don't achieve victory. You don't strive for victory. You receive victory because victory is ours. It's already won. It's the finished work of the cross. It is finished. And we learn to drive out the enemy. We learn by faith to receive the finished work of Jesus. It's a new a new possessed mindset. We go from slavery to landover, traveler to conqueror, taker to giver, collecting to partnering, and helpless to fruitful, and dreams to reality. How many got some dreams? I got some dreams. I got some things that I'm still believing for in a big, big way. I'm telling you. God spoke some things to me. You know, uh, Simon, friend Simon's here today. And uh, we used to play uh, uh, music together. We used to go to the national conferences. And they've never had as good a national conferences as when Simon and I led worship. It's a true story. But you know, at some of those camp meetings, those places, God spoke to my life. Prophetic ministries came. People spoke to my life. They promised things to me that God wanted to do with us and through us for his honor and his glory. Some of those words still seek fulfillment. And I'm warring a warfare with that because we're going to see it come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you right now can barely hear me because your tailbone is screaming? <laughs> Stephen Henry. Oh, my goodness. You know, I actually, Stephen did a beautiful job, did a, a memorial for his, his mom yesterday with uh, a group of family and intimate friends, and uh, it was beautiful to behold. But I'll tell you something, I had to sit on the pew, Stephen, and I was going, man, I got to preach shorter sermons. <laughs> All right, say, move along, Pastor. All right, move along, Pastor. Joshua 1, here we are, Joshua 1, 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying... 
Moses is dead, this whole journey. Joshua is going to assume a leadership role. Moses is dead, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, saying, are you ready for what he said? You ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Moses, my servant, is dead. That's what he said. After Moses died, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses is dead. That's like saying, Glenn, you're wearing a red shirt. Thank you. George, you've got black boots on. Like, what's up with that? Do you know, in there, in, there, in the law, in the Old Testament law, you had 30 days to mourn. After that, we're done. Let's move on. It's over. Come on. Let's go. You had 30 days. And so he's telling him it's the obvious. But sometimes when somebody's stating to the obvious, like sometimes a little kid will come up, oh, you, look at you, you got cowboy boots. And it's often because he's got cowboy boots at home. And so he, he sees cowboy boots. He's got boots like me. And there's times you're saying something because you want to draw attention to something. You're looking for something deeper. God's looking for something deeper, a deeper connection with Joshua when he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Then he says, now, therefore, because therefore is connected to what was before, which is Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, there's something, there's a lesson, there's something that God wants to relate to Joshua in the phrase, Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. You know what? Our past is behind us. We're in a transition right now. Your past is behind you. forward dead it's dead to you you got to let it go it may need to forgive you need to release you need to push down right now and you need to look what are the things that i need to leave in the past moses listen moses cannot lead you into the promised land and even then moses could not lead them 
Moses was a type of the law. Joshua was a type of Christ. And the only thing that will bring you into promise is Jesus. And that's why we're a church that what are we about? We're about Jesus. You know, we read the whole Bible, but we understand the purpose of the Bible is to reveal Jesus. And we understand that the whole Old Testament interpreted by Jesus, Jesus went through the whole Old Testament and taught those guys on the road to Emmaus. And the living word, what did he say about the word? He showed them himself in the word. The whole thing is about Jesus, folks. And if you're caught up in something that's not Jesus, it's not good, it's not good news. It may be in the book, but it's not something that's gonna be of value to you. So we gotta understand that. We gotta release the things that are not helpful. We gotta release the things, because Moses can't lead you in, but Jesus can, and Joshua leads us in to possess the things in front of us. I love these verses. It says, what then shall we say to these things? What are we gonna say to these things? What are you gonna say to regret? What are you gonna say to betrayal? What are you gonna say to this sense of, I I keep screwing up. Why do I revisit that? Why do, I don't wanna do that. Why do I return to that again? What are you gonna say to these things? What are you gonna say to this stuff that you need to release today, that you need to say goodbye forever, you're no longer affecting my world? What do you need to say to these things? What do we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? And that if is not conditional. That if is a declarative since God is for us. There's five ifs in the Greek language. And this is not a conditional if. This is an if, a rhetorical if. Since God is for you, who, what, can, anything stand before you in this transition that you're in? You got no anchors. You got no things. Don't let the enemy throw accusation and throw nonsense. How many have done some crazy stuff in your past? Same three people, all right. I was a good sinner, oh Lord, man. And there's times I think about, I just randomly, something pops me to go, man, I really did that, that was, that was awful. You know, but, but I say, you know, old Sunday school song. I hear the accusers roar, the things that I have done, I know them well and a thousand more, but Jehovah findeth none, he findeth none. He fi-. You know, because you know what? Devil, you might throw something in my head and say, man, that was bad. And they go, that's half the story. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff. You know what? I know a million more, but Jehovah findeth none. He is not my accuser, he's my redeemer. Hallelujah. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No, no condemnation. No condemnation. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us. How much? I love one translation that says, how much more? How much more? I mean, did he? Did he give his son for us? I mean, it's amazing. And here we can look and we can see Jesus there on the cross. And that should never make you feel sorry. That should never make you feel bad. That should make you feel thankful and grateful. Because, wow, you know, he didn't do that thinking, wow, you wait till I get off of here, you're going to get it. He did that for the joy set before him, that your sin, past, present, and future, was nailed to the tree forever. And you are absolutely free. Who the sun sets free is? He's free until he screws up the next time. No, he's free indeed. I mean, free forever. Religion says, well, you're only as free as your behavior. No, I'm as free as his behavior. <laughs> he did it all. He covered my righteousness. He covered my obedience. It's the finished work of the cross. He did it all for me. He did it all for me. He did it all for me. I don't even know why I sang that, but just felt good. How much more will you not along with him freely give us? Like this. Like, like, <laughs> 
freely give us all things. How many need some things? How many got, I got some, some things would help my life right now. There, there's some, some squares missing in my life. There's some holes. There's some, some things. I, I could get filled up in a few areas in my world. There's some, some holes in my psyche, some, some wounds, some things, some areas I need healing. He'll freely give us all things. I don't know about you. I'm really happy right now. I'm really excited right now. I'm just saturated with the joy of the Lord. So what do you need to unpack right now? Let me read that for you again, please. I want you to really pay attention. Holy Spirit, I want you. Because sometimes we've pushed stuff so deep, we shoved it in the basement corner somewhere, and we forgot it was there. And yet, you know what? It's, it's there. It goes, hey! It's there. It wants to pull you back and say, you're no good. I want you to go deep. I want the Holy Spirit to go deep. And I want you to unpack today and say, this is not going into my future. I'm done with this. And we need to unpack it right now. What is not going to be a part of next? Because I know what's next, but I don't want to just know it. I want to be absolutely prepared for it. How many, I'm telling you, the Lord's been working on me through this whole transition. I'm telling you, he's been revealing stuff that I'm like, man, I, I thought I was a lot more trusting and hopeful. And, and I'm like, Lord, have mercy. And he's going, man, Carl, he's teaching me to rest, teaching me to trust, even at this old age. Reflect, second R, reflect, reflect. When God states the obvious, he wants you to dig a little deeper and push back on unhealthy mindsets. Something needs rooting out. So we're gonna reflect. We're gonna take some time then. We need to unpack some stuff, so let's reflect. Let's reflect on things. James 1, to 25, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. How many can actually hear me right now? You, you all right. Just because you heard the sermon doesn't mean it's working in your life. Just because you heard me say unpack doesn't mean you're going to unpack. You know, it doesn't automatically happen just because you heard it. Like, well, I heard a sermon on unpacking. Praise Jesus. That's all you did was you heard it. But that's what we're saying. Don't be a hearer only. Well, I've heard all kinds of sermons. Yes, you have. You've heard all kinds of sermons. I have, I have the word playing while I go to sleep. I hear the word. That's great. You hear the word. But it says people who just hear stuff doesn't mean anything's really going on in your life. It says, don't be hearers of the word. Do not be hearers only, but be doers of the word. Because if you're a hearer only, it's not the devil. It's you. You're deceiving yourself. Man, this ain't working for me. I don't know what's going on. I tell you, I've been going to church, listening to sermons, reading books. You can read, you can listen, you can do all that stuff. But there's all kinds of people that are hearers, but they're not doers. And what's going on? Is God not working? No, you're deceiving yourself. It's not the devil. My devil keep attacking me. I tell you, the word of God has the power to transform your world. And you know, don't just be a hearer. Be a doer of the word of God. For if anyone is a hearer of the word of God and not a doer, listen, if you're a hearer only and not a doer, listen, he is like a man observing his face in a mirror. How many looked in the mirror before you came to church today? Well, you clearly didn't. <laughs> so Sorry, I, was, I wasn't pointing at anybody. I was, just, I was just having fun, you know. So, but you look in the mirror before you leave the house, right? I mean, sometimes, you know, wow. Sometimes I'm out, my wife says, your zipper's down. I went, so sometimes you need the full body mirror just to make sure it's all together, you know. So, 
He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and he goes away. So you can come into an environment like this, into the corporate anointing, into the presence of God. You can hear the word of God and walk away completely unchanged. You can go Bible studies, small groups, do all this stuff and still be stuck in the same rut and still not unpack the things because you're not pushing deep and reflecting and being a doer of the word of God. He sees and observes himself and he goes away immediately and he forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Isn't that beautiful? The perfect law of liberty. So what are you called to look into? You're called to look into the perfect law of liberty. What is the perfect law of liberty? It's Jesus. Jesus absolutely, totally fulfilled the law, and you are free from the power of sin, which is the law. You're free from that because of Jesus. When you look perfectly into and fully into the perfect law of liberty that brings you freedom, you look into Jesus and, and his commands. You know, believe, only believe his commands. Love, don't love as you love yourself. Don't love your neighbor as yourself, but love others as I have loved you. I mean, it's all bigger in the perfect law of liberty. When you look at the perfect law of liberty look what it says it says when you look in the perfect law of liberty and you continue in it and you're not a forgetful here but a doer of the work listen to this listen to this this one will be blessed in what he does so if you want to transition into what's next and you want to be blessed in the realm of next that means you got to look in the mirror intently you got to stand there for a while and you got to go look at that big blob of gravy on my nose i'm going to carry that around the rest of the day you're going to get a cloth and you're going to wipe it off. Or you'll have a good friend at the office that's going to say, dude, come here. You get that off your face. You know, it's a really good friend when you got lettuce from lunch stuck on your tooth. You're going, hey, have a good lunch. And you're like, you got lettuce on your tooth. What? You got lettuce. On you got lettuce. Good friends say, hey, hey, let me help you with that. But you know, when you look in the mirror, the word of God, when you're looking at it, it's not just a, oh, oh I look ugly. And then you walk away. You going to be okay over there? <laughs> you don't just look in the mirror. You don't just look in the mirror. A mirror demands action. The word demands action. It demands a response. But you don't just look in the mirror. It demands action. You don't leave until you're done. I know that. Amen. And you don't go, oh, well, I plucked one eyebrow. Ooh, nobody plucks anymore. Right? You don't pluck anymore, you get eyebrows added now, right? <laughs> which, which is really rough for the people who pluck because now, it's, you know, <laughs> what am I going to do? Because I was in the pluck season, now it's the ad season, and I got no eyebrows. Now they say you got to have them. Now I got to go get a tattoo because nothing will grow there. <laughs> Anyways, that was, thank you for the fashion advice, Pastor. You don't leave the mirror until you're done. Amen. Come on. You make changes because the seasons in your life are connected. You make changes right now because you know what? When you go into the next season, this season is connected because the first thing we thought or told you about was no matter where you are, there you are. And let's make sure that whatever we're bringing into the next season is just the good stuff. Let's let the nonsense go. Are you ready? Don't be afraid. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. See, Kyle decided that it's so bad, I'm just going to put a hat on. 
and I'm going to wear a big mask anyway, so we're good. <laughs> I love it. I do these things for you. I'm willing to be vulnerable for you. Now, honestly, absolute truth, that was this morning. As soon as I woke up, I grabbed, I looked in the mirror and went, I'm going to get my phone. <laughs> See, but I looked in the mirror this morning, and I could have said, ah, good enough. <laughs> Let's go greet the world. <laughs> like, can you imagine this guy standing in front of you preaching right now? How many would hear a single thing? I mean, most people are like, Lord, have mercy. Uh, just say thank you, Pastor, that you're willing to be so self-deprecating that just so we can be helped. Amen? You know, Kelly has extra makeup at the church. If we ever say we need a picture, she's like, just a minute. And she runs away and because and, uh, we can't take. And I can't post anything unless Kelly approves. She has to approve the picture first because never post anything because she's concerned that I might do this to her. Amen. <laughs> How many want me to get that off the screen? Thank you. Hey. That's how I looked yesterday headed out to Stephen's memorial for his mom. You know? How many think that's a little bit better? How many think I'm deceiving myself? <laughs> it would have been pretty horrible trying to preach right now. But, but folks, that may seem like a strange illustration. But there's a lot of people you've been doing this religious journey for a long time. And you know, you look like the last picture. And you're still walking around like that. You know, the grace of God is ready to work in your heart and your life. Don't just be a hearer of it. Let it fully work in your life. Let the word of God just, just, just do it. You know, if you got to unpack today, you know what we're going to do? We're going to unpack. I'm really going to do it. I would encourage some of you to really reflect, maybe go home and write a few notes and say, Holy Spirit, what are some of the things that are hindering me from the next what are, what are some of the things that keep me from next in my life? Why, why am I going around the same? You see, see the, the Israelites, they were supposed to take a couple-week journey into the promised land, but they ended up 40 years going in a circle because they were unwilling to address things. And I see a lot of Christians that are one year on with the Lord for 40 years, going around and around and around. And this isn't a let's try harder. This isn't let's strive. This is... Let's just be intentional with our faith. Let's be honest with ourselves. Because next is coming, folks. And I don't know about you, but I want to be ready for something big. And so I'm pushing back in my life. I'm constantly reflecting and saying, how can I, you know, change? Because my wife's so awesome, she needs a better man. So uh, you will experience the best of the next season when you do what God has called you to do in this season. The result is freedom and blessing. Don't you love that? At the end, it says, the man who does this, he'll be blessed in everything he does. What a great promise. I mean, here's, you can read that. God blesses us in everything we do, but you forgot the part that was above it. Those who receive the word, who hear the word, who look in the mirror of the perfect law, Jesus, and the fullness of what he's done for you and his anointing in your life, and you embrace all of those things, then you don't have to look like I did with bedhead. Comb my head with a pillow. Number three, and this is it. You ready? Resolve. I want you to resolve. I want you to release. I want you to reflect. But then I want you to resolve. I want you to resolve. Resolve means decide firmly on a course of action. It says, now, therefore, arise and go over. 
You know, we were at 220 Adelaide Street for a long time. Things were going good for us. The weekend before the pandemic, we had 25 guest cards, and we had, I think it was three or four new convert cards. I took a picture of it on my desk, and I thought, wow, we had about 25 people going through our next steps right after service, engaging the church. I was like, we are rolling now, baby. But it was back then that the church was for sale, and we were ready saying, you know what? God's blessing us. We need a bigger barn because the harvest is huge and it's time for us to a prayer for a, a massive explosion of his purpose. And so we did that. Then the pandemic hit. And I said, I quit. I hate everything. I did say that, but then I got over it. And, but you know, God is really, really good. And it's been a great season for us to prepare, to press back, to reflect. And we want to be the best thing we can be. So we resolve now that we're going to cross over. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. I do not depend on my own strength to accomplish this. I'm not sending you with homework. Now, be better people. How many know you could be a better person? You know what? You can't improve upon the righteousness of God in your life. You can't improve on that. He did it. You are the righteousness of God. The reflecting is, now I want to bring that out. Now I want to be renewed in my mind that I want who I am to be really manifest. I want the real me to come right now front and center. And I want to lay hold of the fullness of this revelation of Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I want to lay hold of that. So I'm not here putting you now, now you all need to smarten up. No, I want you to dig deep into the grace of God and his love for you. And I want you to baptize and immerse yourself in it. And I want that love and that unconditional grace to so baptize you that you'll let it wash out anything in your world that doesn't belong there because of his goodness. Amen. I don't want you to depend on your own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have a compelling focus. Focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Hey, it's the nice, eh? Focus, forget, fasten. That's a nice alliteration right there, isn't it? Release, reflect, and resolve that we're going to do something great. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through Jesus and his anointing. So there's an invitation to embrace the fullness of Christ. It's not an invitation to do better. It's not an invitation to, hey, why don't you just be a better person? It's an invitation to finish, to embrace the finished work of Christ, to drink deeply of his anointing, let it flow in your life heavily, and let him bring about in your life every beautiful and wonderful plan, because I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, and plans to give you a hope and a future. Just real quick, the placebo effect. And I'm saying this just because our minds are powerful. And what you think and what you believe really does affect you. And the placebo effect is this. What you believe and you expect is a determining factor. Your actions will follow your thought life. Your mind is powerful. And the placebo effect is they had a whole group of people, so many different studies. But in this one study, they gave people the real medication and they gave people the phony medication. But in the phony medication, they put the same markings as was on the real medication. And, you know, with the same markings on the placebo, the people who took what had no power to change them just because they believed it did and they expected it to, the placebo people got the same benefit as the people who took the real thing. And what they're finding out more and more and more and more as a man thinks, so he is. You know, when you can get your mind aligned and your mind renewed with the revelation of God and Christ in you and his righteousness in your life, I mean, when you get yourself to fully believe and expect it to be manifest in your life. I tell you, your mind is a powerful thing. So let's get fixed in a possession mindset. Let's release. Let's reflect. 
and let's resolve because I'm ready. I'm ready for what's next. I'm ready for what's next. I'm excited about it. I right now, I feel, I feel like a, a, a hot pot of water on a stove. I feel like I'm just percolating. I can just feel the vibrations of all the good things that God wants to do. So there it is, number one. Number one in the boot camp. Number one in the series. Number one. And you know what? We can't go on to number two unless we get number one figured out for sure. So let's declutter. Let's declutter.